Hi, welcome to Missing Pieces in PE Life. I'm your host, Don Anderson. And welcome to Season 3, Episode 9, A Conversation with Beth. Hey, have you liked this podcast or followed it, subscribed, any of that stuff? If you're on Apple Podcast, in the upper right corner is a little plus button. Just click on that and you'll be subscribed. That way you won't miss the next episode of Missing Pieces. Now I'm going to play you a little conversation I have with my friend, Aaron Cosentino, before we start the episode. So I'm here today with Aaron Cosentino. Did I say your name right? Phil close. <laughs> what is it? Cosentino. Oh, you know, my wife is, speaks Italian. She would be so mad at me right now. I'm glad you're here because I was going to promote your next retreat, but I always struggle saying the name. So that's why I got you here on the Zoom so you can tell us about it. What is your next retreat? Pirates Hope and Healing is having their next retreat, the Tennessee Foothills Fall 2023 Retreat. Thursday, October 5th through Monday, October 9th. So that is five days four nights of togetherness, adoptees, NPEs, donor-conceived folks. That's going to be so beautiful um, that time of year, especially. I think the trees will be turning, right? I'm very excited to see all the fall colors. And it and it is on the, on the water. Oh, really? Wow. And where do people go if they want to get more information? You would head over to irithhopeandhealing.com. H-I-R-A-E-T-H, hopeandfeeling.com. And there's lots of, inf- all the information that you need about retreat is there on the website. Yeah, I just talked to somebody, Ashley, who was just saying how much she loves going to those retreats. She's been to many and just absolutely loves them. We hope to get you there one day, Don Anderson. I want to so bad. And I will put a link to her website on the show notes. Check them out. Now on with the show. Some episodes, you know, I do all this editing back and forth with multiple people and stuff. And sometimes I just have conversations with people. And today's one of those. Here's my conversation with Beth. Okay. My name is Beth. I'm from upstate New York, a small city in upstate New York, north of Albany. I was born in January of 1963. I am the youngest of four. My oldest brother, uh, growing up, we always knew that he was our half-brother because my mother had him with her first husband, got divorced, got married my dad, and had us three children. I was the last. There are uh, six years between my sister and I, eight years between my brother and I, and there was 13 years between my oldest half sibling. Wow. So six years between you and your next oldest sibling? Yes. So every time I hear that now, I'm like, that person's an MPE. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I know. Like, it happens so often. <laughs> well, when I asked my mom, why is there such a big space between Judy and I? She would say, she said that she was lonely. Wow. That is a big, there is a clue. (laughs) She said that to you when you were a kid? Yes. She said that my sister went to kindergarten and she was lonely. So she decided she wanted another child. And my father, I remember my, my dad who raised me said, well, I wasn't in on that. And wow. Yeah. I remember him saying that. But it just over my head. Yeah, it's it's almost like one of those jokes when you take your kids to see Toy Story or whatever, and it go you know the you know it goes over the kid's head. But wow, there was a lot said in that. Yes, um, it was it was pretty normal. Um, my mom was very protective of me. She doted on me. Uh, very loving. I uh, wound up almost dying when I was six of double pneumonia. And, uh, you know, she, you know, I often think about what her thoughts were 
when that was happening, whether it was a punishment from above. Um, but but uh, I made it and, uh, you know, I, I was a little bit lonely as a kid because I was the youngest and my siblings, you know, wound up moving out and I was an only child home. But in the neighborhood, I had difficulty finding friends and, you know, uh, I would tell on kids and my mother would come to my defense and it, it, it didn't wind up working out too well until I got into high school and then, um, uh, you know, made cheerleading and then all of a sudden became popular. And um, my whole life changed from that point on, from ninth grade on. And I was hanging out with the the cool kids or, you know, what I considered to be the cool kids and dating a, a popular kid. And, you know, every, everything went well. But I did have the mother home who was an alcoholic who was embarrassing to me. And I would never bring my friends home and... Uh, my friends, I always considered had nicer houses than I did, nicer clothes than I did, and um, just was always embarrassed about my my house and my family. But my dad, you know, my dad was, you know, at home, he, he was, uh, you know, he didn't really pay a lot of attention to us. He, he went and did his own thing on Saturdays. He went to like a men's club um where they watch tv every saturday and uh we we would go on one vacation a summer and uh dad just wasn't really uh plugged in but he didn't treat me any differently than he did my siblings he doted on my brother my brother could do no wrong he was the boy but my sister and i were treated very evenly so the two kids older than you that are come from both your parents are a boy and a girl? Yes. First of all, I want to talk about that shame of the alcoholic parent in, in the house and stuff. Like, one thing that, you know, for me was the towels the kids had at school. They had these big fucking fluffy expensive towels. And we had these ratty ass towels that were lucky <laughs> if they didn't have a hole in them. You know what yeah. I mean? And then going yep. to PE class was just, I hated that, that yeah. towels. I always wanted to make sure that I had new shoes because I, I always felt like my shoes were a dead giveaway because they were cheap. <laughs> right. And and you know, my friends all had dock siders and or or leather coats. And I asked my parents for a leather coat and they buy me a vinyl coat. <laughs> and I'm like, I, 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 I can't wear this. You know? Yeah. So yeah, we, ne I never had people over. Never. Yeah. My mom, uh, they had my sister, my mother organized a, a 16th birthday party for me and a surprise. And they invited all my my high school girlfriends, and I I thought I was gonna die. And um, my brother wound up having a drum set like in one of the rooms, and you know we have all these pictures of my friends on the drums and stuff. So it, it wound up being okay, but I was still livid that they did that. I didn't want them in the house, but but their houses weren't. I mean, at the time, I thought they had great houses, and now that I look back at it, they really didn't. <laughs> oh, my God. I thought, same thing. I thought these people that had, like, a split-level ranch, like 1,800 square feet, were rich. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My my dad was a, an industrial engineer. He, um, he made decent money. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. Um, she chose to do that i guess she worked before she was married but i i don't think she could handle a job she was always very nervous and had agoraphobia and all kinds of things going on she'd she'd take uh mill towns to calm her down which was um uh, you know some type of a 
sedative. She'd call them nerve pills. I need a nerve pill. Right. And what was this men's club you're talking about? It was, um, so it was originally um, the back of a store where they had some, it was like, um, it's hard to say what it was. They had a bunch of uh, stalls and they would watch TV and then they, they closed that part of the store down and um, the, the guys rented a garage from this woman down the street and they fixed it up and they had a big card table in it and a big beer cooler and you would pay your dues um, for, for beer and electricity and things like that. And they would play cards on Saturdays and bet on games. There was a local bookie that was a part of it. And I could go in there and just say, hey, dad, can I have a dollar? You know, and he'd, he'd give me one. And it wasn't like a big secret or they were doing anything weird there. It was just a bunch of guys getting out of the house, hanging out together. Wow. That's pretty industrious to figure all that out. You know what I mean? <laughs> to have your own little yeah. space. Yes. I was uh, raised Catholic. Yep. And I, I'm I'm currently a, a practicing church going Catholic with my husband, my husband and I, you know, go to church a few times a week. When I have uh, tough moments in life and I've had a few, um, I lean on my religion and uh, it always helps me through. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, high school, high school boyfriend, um, broke up with me in college uh, because he said I wasn't good enough for him. His family thought I wasn't good enough for him. Oh, my God. Um, his dad went to high school with my mom, and they knew they knew about my brother. Like, when I grew up, my I thought my mother was married. She had my oldest brother, and they wound up just getting a divorce. And my high school boyfriend informed me that my mother was pregnant and had to get married. And I never knew that. And um, always uh, kind of alluded to like my mother was a floozy type thing. His like his father warned him about me that I, I may the, the apple may not have fallen far from the tree. Oh, my God. That's so horrible. <laughs> yeah. Did that older brother, were you the one that said he grew up with his paternal grandparents? Grandfather, yes. Because his dad told my mother that he was to have custody of my brother. Otherwise, if she didn't allow it, he would write and have an article written disowning my brother and saying that he was a bastard and that he... Um, wasn't going to claim him and she would have to try to raise him on her own with no support and, and with rumors flying around that he was illegitimate and she, she couldn't take that. And um, so she allowed him, she, she even brought a lawyer with him and uh, she allowed him to take my brother and have his, and he lived with his dad and his grandparents up until the age of 13, then his dad got remarried and um, left him with the grandparents. Growing up, were you aware that he was your brother? Yes, yes. So he he would come to visit like once a month. Um, he was 13 years older than me. So, you know, by the time I was really aware of him, um, he was into college and driving and things like that. And uh, when I turned uh, 19, I thought, you know, he's my brother. Like, I don't know him that well. I want to get to know him. So he was living in Delaware at the time. So I uh, bought a bus ticket, went down and started establishing a really nice relationship with him and his wife and, you know, his kids and um, I'm still very close to the kids. Uh, that brother passed away 
in 2018 um, of cancer. So, and he's the one that I had the most in common with. He and I were the only college graduates in the family. He and I always seemed to like work hard to make a better life for ourselves. And we wanted brighter futures than what we came from. Go from college. So uh, went into college, um, met right after college, met my, my now husband, um, dated on and off with him for a few years. Then I, I started my own business and started a beautiful life. And uh, in 1988, my mom, so um, after college, um, I uh, started in my, my legal video profession. And in 1988, my mom passed away and I was devastated. And in 1990, uh, I got married and went out into my own business, uh, not working with anybody else. And then I had my own, my three children, 92, 95, and 97, um, and started a beautiful life. Right. And how did your how old was your mom when she passed? She was 57. Wow, that's young. So she she passed from alcohol related issues. Yeah. So I would videotape depositions in lieu of somebody's testimony in court. That sounds like a good little business. It was an awesome business because I could I I could work from home, you know, when I was home, but I didn't have to have a I didn't have to put my kids in daycare. So I was able to raise them and stay home-ish. Yeah, sounds like the best of both worlds. In 2017, um, I was really feeling a, a lot of shame uh, with my family um, because my nephew had gotten arrested uh, and our family name was all over the news. And uh, so I, I always loved researching my genealogy on ancestry, and I, I did a deep dive into it because I wanted to find people that I could be proud of. And I, I wasn't proud of my family at that point in time. And my oldest daughter said, hey, mommy, uh, ancestry has this DNA test, and it said it's supposed to help you with your genealogy search. So I'm gonna get it for you for Christmas. So uh, she got that for Christmas and I got my results at the end of January, 2018. So I was expecting to find uh, my, I knew my mother was all Irish. So I thought eh, 50% Irish maybe, maybe, maybe there's some English uh, sprinkled in there. Um, my dad, was half French, half English. So I open up the results and I am 50% Irish and 50% Ashkenazi Jewish. The world went sideways. <laughs> and I, uh, it just spun for me. Where did your head go first with why that was? Was it, the test was wrong? Yeah, can't be can't be how how can this possibly happen so first thing i did was call my dad up and my dad was 90 at the time and i said dad i just took this dna thing and it says i'm half irish and half jewish who is jewish in our family and he said i don't know what you're talking about we're not jewish and he said we didn't even have any jewish friends which I thought was a weird response also. And I said, well, let, I'll figure this out, but I'm going to buy you a test and, and um, I'll let you know what happens. So that's it. And then I called uh, my aunt 
And I said to my aunt, how, how are my, and this aunt is, was my mother's sister-in-law. Her, her only sibling passed. So she, but she was very close to my mom. And I said, Aunt Mary, how can I be half Jewish and half Irish? I, I don't get it. And she said, I, the test has to be wrong. So I went out and bought another test, another ancestry test. I don't know why I did that and put it under a whole different name, whole different email address. Wait a minute. Same wait a minute. exact results. So it was, you did them both on ancestry? Yes. <laughs> the first two. Yeah. That's I don't know why I did that. It's just, <laughs> she, she was like, it's gotta be wrong. There's no way your mother would have done that. And then I asked her, pause for a second so when she said done that i mean were you already thinking that you're possibly your mom had an affair or something yes okay yes. i said was there anything abnormal with mom and dad's relationship or what was going on and she said uh your mom and i were at a, a family wedding and we were standing on the edge of like a, a little cliff and your mom was telling me that she had just found out she was pregnant. And she said she wanted to jump off the cliff and end it all. And she said, and I got enraged at her. And I thought, if you're pregnant, how could you possibly think of killing yourself? And they got into a big fight. And my aunt said she, my mother never answered her. And then she said, and another thing about your mother. She always had to go out on Friday nights. She, no matter what was going on, she had to go out on Friday nights with her friends. And she would always go to this particular restaurant. She would go there every Friday night when, you know, before I was born and maybe a little bit after. So you were suspicious already that your dad wasn't your dad. Right. And I was trying to figure out who. Because I had um, my aunt's niece, everybody's always said that we look alike. And her brother-in-law and my parents were like best friends. And I thought maybe he could have been my dad. And so we, we I, I got a whole, I had. So your mom's sister-in-law's brother-in-law? <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And he was Jewish? He got it right. He wasn't. Well, he had a little bit of Jewish in him. Oh, okay. From what we heard. But we know that people lie. So we thought maybe he was more Jewish than he said he was. Right. And then you got this second results back? Or is that after that when you were? I got my, um, my dad a test, an ancestry test, my sister and my cousin. And all of the results concluded that my dad was not my dad and my sister and cousin were half related to me. Mm. And no Jewish. No, no Jewish on their half, on their parts. Right. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yes. So then at that time, moment in time, you had to know your dad wasn't your dad. Yes. Can you tell me about that moment? Do you remember it specifically? Realizing that my dad wasn't my dad was a crazy concept because all three of our siblings, you know, all of us, we were all brown haired, blue eyed, never in a moment doubted that I wasn't his child. I just never thought that it would have been possible. He was close to me, but not close to me. You know, he... He would never be the dad I always wanted him to be. I wanted him to live close to me and do things with me. And he was more interested in my brother. So, you know, but he treated my sister and I equally. So I, I can't say that I ever thought that he didn't think that, that he thought that I wasn't his. When you got the results, did you tell your dad? I didn't. Um, I talked to my siblings and he's 90 and uh, I, we never told him, but I asked him the important questions 
he answered them and never said to me, why did you ask me that? He just, you know, blurted out. I said, did you ever think mommy cheated on you? And he said, absolutely. She was a big flirt and she needed a lot of attention. And he proceeded to tell me that uh, there were a few instances where she did not come home until the next day. And she had two little kids at home. Mm. And I never knew this about my mother, and it was a big shock to me. When you told your siblings, did they ever have any inclination that you weren't your dad's? No, never. They said, um, my, the one thing my sister said is that mommy always treated me differently, but I was the baby. But no, they, they had no idea. On your ancestry test, did any weird relatives come up that you didn't know? So a second cousin came up and I got in touch with her and she kept thinking that I was the product of one of her cousins. Her cousin had given away a child and she kept trying to convince me that I was adopted and that I was her cousin's child. And I was like, no, I'm my mother's child. You know, uh, this, this isn't the case. So she told me that, you know, we shared a grandfather according to the DNA and that um, the grandfathers had a bunch of uh, brothers and one of the brothers left Boston and went to up someplace in upstate New York, and she didn't know where, and they didn't know much about him. Well, that happened to be my grandfather. So uh, we we kind of kept not matching up. She couldn't figure out whose kid I was. So then I took 23 and me. A first cousin popped up. And I reached out to her and uh, I, I asked her if I could call her and I called her up and I said, what, what do you know about the city of Troy and this particular last name? And she said, uh, oh, that's my uncle. He had a store in the city of Troy and, um, you know, but he died two years ago. He must be your dad. The, I, I don't want to say his last name. Um, he um, owned an appliance store and it was right next door to the restaurant that my mother used to frequent on Friday nights. Mm. So when she was out with her little party group? Yeah. They would yeah. eat there? She, yep. Yeah. It was like a restaurant bar and people would hang out. And they, the upstairs had like a dance hall and they would have dances up there. So then I find out who my birth dad is. So he was this successful businessman um, in our city. So he closed his business in early 80s and um, moved across the river and then um, got into real estate. And he also was a big golfer. Um, so he he was uh, the president of a, a country club and, you know, did different things, but was always very ambitious and um, always kept busy. So I asked my cousin. So my cousin, I have two cousins, um, the, the one woman and her brother. And uh, I the brother was close to my birth dad. Uh, he used to spend his holidays because he went to college nearby. And I said, will he tell my new siblings that I, that I exist? And she said, no, he won't. And he said, it won't go over well. They, they idolized him. So when you're saying he, you mean the cousin, right? Won't tell him? My new cousin would not. I I want. I was looking for help. They told me I had two new sisters, or you know, two sisters, and uh, that his wife was still alive, and that the news of my existence would not go over well. Mm. 
because he was idolized. He was, everybody thought he was an angel and he was the man about town and funny and happy and successful and uh, was a really good dad. And um, they never would have thought that he would have cheated on his wife because he was always very affectionate with her. He was always touching her and holding her hand and hugging her. And nobody ever would have thought that he would have cheated on her. And so you didn't reach out to them? I didn't. I, uh, at the time, I, 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 my life was so upside down that I didn't want to do that to anybody else. And after my cousins told me that it wasn't going to go over well, I didn't want to hit a brick wall. So I, I sat on the information, but meanwhile, you know, stalk them on Facebook <laughs> and uh, <laughs> do what all of us NPEs do is research. I found my, my birth dad in uh dozens of articles he was the head of multiple organizations and um always doing something civic minded and um seemed like a pretty incredible guy seemed like somebody i really would have liked to have known and uh then uh so i this was in june of 2018 when i found out who he was so I fast forward to October, I lost my oldest brother and um, he passed a cancer and that was very difficult. And then in November, one morning I woke up and the words to a letter to my new siblings were in my head and I pounded it out and um, sent it to both of them on Facebook Messenger at the same time. And then um, one of them called me pretty soon after that. She texted me and said that she would call me within the hour. And she did. And she's older than you? Yes. So my new sisters are seven years and 11 years older than me. And how did they take it? Um, cautiously and slowly, um, we wound up meeting at a local restaurant and, um, it was just really weird, <laughs> you know, and they, um, they gave me a big hug to start with and we just talked and I just said, I'm, I'm not looking for anything, but I, 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 I think the biggest thing, um, is I just wanted them to know that I was in existence and I was an extension of their dad and wanted nothing else from it. Mm. And they were receptive. They were, they were, um, we, we have slowly developed a not, I would just call it a nice relationship. It's not, it's not what, you know, as time went on, I yearned for more. For some reason, I I just, I think I wanted something that was never going to happen. And, uh, you know, my, my therapist had to talk me down off of that. But I never pushed them. I um, always took it as they came to me. You know, I one of them lives like a couple hours away from me and I have to travel that way to go to my, see my kids in Boston. And, um, if I call her and say, Hey, I'm going to be coming through. And I say, why don't we just have a cup of coffee or lunch? She'll say, Oh, you could stay over. Why don't you just stay over? You know, she's, she's anxious for me to spend time with her, but she will never call me and say, why don't you come to my house on such and such date? Or why don't you do this with me? Mm. She never asks me to do anything. But when I reach out to her, she's always very receptive to me. I would take that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the, the, the one that's, uh, that I share the most DNA with, she was very open and um, accepting of me right off the bat. Um, she, her husband, she's divorced and she, she had some similar things happen in her life. 
and she seemed like life, um, you know, made her tougher from it. And so she wasn't judging me or, you know, she, she, she was reaching out the most to me and she would call me from time to time and, um, you know, try to help me out as best as she could with the information that I was looking for. And, um, so are they like culturally and religiously Jewish, like full on? No. So that, that, you know, finding out that I was half Jewish was mind boggling to me because I'm like so Catholic. And, um, so I didn't know what that meant for me. I, I didn't know if I had you know, what I needed to know or what I needed to learn. And um, so I did say to them, look, it, um, if I grew up with you, I would have learned how to be Jewish, but I didn't. So I don't know anything about it. So anything I learn about being Jewish, I want to learn from you guys. And my sister said, we're not that Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> So What's the joke? it, it I'm seems Jewish. like it's more of a thing with me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but they did, they did grow up, um, uh, you know, religious and they would go to synagogue on uh, Friday nights and until they got into high school. And then they said they, they and their parents just kind of slacked off and they would just go on high holy days. Hmm. Um, and they would still celebrate with some of the feasts, but, you know, they weren't really entrenched in it. And have you celebrated any of those holidays since you found out? I do a little bit. So um, on Hanukkah, uh, well, my best friend got me, um, you know, a, a, a menorah and she got me these glasses that say oy, oy vey <laughs> and and uh deck the halls with matzo balls and <laughs> so um we we would facetime each other on the first night of hanukkah and uh one of my sisters would read the prayer and um then the second year came and um it seemed like I was the one that was initiating everything. So last year I said, you know what, if they want to celebrate this with me, I'm going to let them call me. I, I stopped setting it up and they didn't call. Right. So, um, so I, I, I'm letting it evolve naturally. Yeah. Without me forcing things. But I did go to the synagogue that they grew up in and uh, talked uh, to the rabbi there. And she showed me all the family records and said, if I was interested in learning more, she had held a Judaism 101 class in the fall. And I, I, she'd love to see me in it. And then COVID hit. So That's so cool that she welcomed you in and showed you all that though she did she did she um she brought me up on uh their altar and took out their holy book and and opened it up and had me read a passage and it it, it was really moving and we sat we we sat in the pews and um she she said you know just open up the book and read um a passage and uh the the one i happened to put my finger on was something about um learning and new experiences and things like that so it it, it was it was a touching trip that's nice i i've also gone to therapy over all of this too and um it's helped tremendously. And um, as far as me wanting more of a relationship with my siblings, they, uh, he, he told me, um, what if it, if 
where it's at now is where it's always going to be. It's not going to get any better. What if it doesn't get any better? How are you going to be? And it's, well, make me sad. He said, well, why don't you just tell yourself it's not going to get any better than this and just accept it. And I have, and it's helped a lot because I get this yearning, you know, but the, one of the reasons why they're not reaching out, I think the way I would like them to is because their kids don't want to know about me. Um, the one sister, her daughter doesn't accept that I even exist. And she said that her pop pop would never do that. And, and doesn't want to hear about me, but she was the only granddaughter and she was the first one, first granddaughter and, and, um, had a close relationship with him. It's so weird. Like my kids could give a shit. Like really, it, like yeah. it hasn't affected them at all because their dad didn't change. Um, it's kind of weird that it. I I think that's what's holding my sisters back. Is I think that I would be invited to things and you know totally part of the family, but I think because the kids are so cool about it that um, they don't want to force the issue. Have they called you Shiksa yet? No. <laughs> they might. They might <laughs> behind my back. But I guess you're only half Shiksa. Yeah. My yeah. ex, my ex-wife was Jewish, so I know a, some Yiddish. I know. I know the cut downs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm not. That's why you know. As far as these podcasts go, I reached out um, to the guy who's the Catholic priest. Um, who does a podcast and I reached out to him and he accepted me and then I never did anything with it because I kind of, after listening to his podcast, I think I was looking for like his help being a Catholic, finding out I'm Jewish was huge. And, you know, I, I didn't know what to do with it. Your show, you just crack me up every time I listen to your show and how real you are. And I just said, you know what? This is the best one out there. <laughs> so oh, you absolutely thanks. do have the best one. And I'm sorry I'm screwing it up. <laughs> yeah, you're not. You're not at all. Seriously, like, I like, I mean, I listen back to, you know, because when I'm editing to my interviews, and I interrupt yeah. people, like, in the middle of an emotional thing to point out, oh, I have the same thing. Like, so I cringe listening to myself. So, and the fact that you don't notice and that it seems like the best one is, you know, it's just, it's all editing. So it's going to be okay. It is. Yours, yours is a next level up. You, you add different dimensions of and different types of stories. When, when you had that phone call from the mother. Oh my God. Oh, that was, that was horrendous. I mean, I, yours really makes me feel deeply like listening to it and, um, with your music, yours is like, yours is a professional podcast. I, I feel like the story isn't complete and I don't know if you're up for a take two when I can work, when my story can flow better, or if you want me to record my story on an audio file and send it to you, because I feel like I'm all over the place. And I don't want to make too much work for you because you're doing this out of the goodness of your heart. And well, I don't and I don't want to be, oh, my God, Beth made me, I had to edit this for three hours. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, it's all like that. I just, I'm a good editor. You just don't hear it. If you thought it was going to be different if you recorded it, but I don't think, like, I definitely wouldn't want it read. You know what I mean? Um, right. And I, and I right. don't think no, you need to do I it over, but, it, like, but if I you feel like you get more like... intimate or something, um, but, like. Here's what I would love. 
I would love, because we're not using your last name anywhere, right? No. I would love Before I started recording, Beth and I were talking about growing up in alcoholic families. You know, we both did. And I was telling her about this episode of this show called Bear. And there's this Christmas episode where Jamie Lee Curtis plays the mom, an alcoholic mom, at making Christmas dinner. And I'm telling you, it didn't come out early enough this year to win an Emmy, but next year she's going to win the Emmy. Trust me, you heard it here first. Jamie Lee Curtis in The Bear gets the Emmy. So we were talking about, I was telling her to watch that episode. And the other thing we're talking about right here is I told her to look for old videos and stuff that might have some audio that we could use. And so she was looking at a Christmas video from 1986. I'm just going to ask and you can say no. <laughs> I would love for you to either A, Watch that episode of The Bear that I'm talking about and record your feelings right afterwards or and or and just talk talk about your mom or to watch the video, your home Christmas video. Explain what's going on and talk about how you feel about it. And, And if you feel like it's. I'm not doing it to shame your family, but I'm just trying to take it to another level. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you you know what? Yeah. Let me tell you what happened today. Probably why my brain is so scrambled today. So I woke up very early. Uh, My husband leaves the house by 530 and I was up before he left. I went down into the basement, got the videotapes of my family and watched the whole thing of Christmas 1986. And um, it's you know, opening presents in the beginning. And then I turn the camera back on when we're all sitting around the table drinking. And it like got me back to that insecure kid that uh, grew up in dysfunction. And I walked away from watching that and my brain was totally scrambled. And I felt it. I felt like I was back there in that house again and couldn't concentrate on what I wanted to do for the day. And um, then, you know, towards the end of the day, talk to you and my brain's all over the place. And I, I feel like it affected me. I'm sure it did. My brother um, does, isn't an alcoholic anymore, but he was at that time. And he was clearly on the edge of, getting really stupid and it was bothering me so much and I kept saying to myself why am I still there why am I sitting there laughing like why didn't I just say you know what you're getting a little out of control and we gotta leave and I just sat there we were joking my mother got up to throw up and we were joking how she was in the bathroom throwing up and we're joking about it and I was so disturbed over that going we're all sitting around like yeah mom's in the bathroom getting sick like who does that alcoholic families so can I use that sure that was amazing sure yeah when you were watching that video Christmas of 86, you said? Yeah. And did it have, and your mom passed in 88? Yes. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And she was clearly starting to go downhill. Like, you know, she wasn't walking so well. And her stomach, she was always a very thin woman and always very cautious about her shape. And her stomach was starting to come out a little bit. And, um, you know, that that wouldn't have been acceptable to her. Is that because of her liver or, or just? I think so, yeah. Yeah. My mom, she she was a wonderful mom. She was a loving mom, but she had problems, and I'm, I'm working on that now. 
I was mad at her and just kind of put her out of my brain. So I'm going to focus on healing that part of me. It's been five and a half years since I found out. I am really glad I found out. My life actually makes sense to me now. Knowing the type of people I came from, I'm, I'm proud to say the type of people I came from. I wish very much that I could speak to my deceased parents and find out what the real deal was, what type, you know, was it a one-night stand? Was it uh, an affair? But uh, I may never find that out, and I have to accept that. I guess I have the best-case scenario with uh, my new sister's being open to me and nice to me and not totally shutting me out. do feel like the dirty little secret at times, and I would like to uh, not feel that way and try to figure out how I cannot feel that way. But all in all, it's a good thing that I know the truth, and truth is very important to me now. I don't even dye my hair anymore. <laughs> I want to be able to help people if I can, and that's my whole reason to share my story with others. If somebody finds something that rings true to them, I'd be happy to talk to them. And um, I just want to thank you, Don. This has been a um, cool experience, and I wish you all the luck in the world. I want to thank Beth for having a conversation with me today here on Missing Pieces, MPE Life. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram. It's NPE underscore life underscore podcast on Instagram. Some of the music on today's episode was supplied by Billy Sullivan of Sully Stone Music. He's a composer. He has a music library. Go to sullystone.com for all your music needs. And don't forget subscribe and all that shizzle that way you won't miss the next episode of missing pieces in pe life i'm your host don anderson and i'll see you on the next episode